Today is July 2nd, 2022, and we are celebrating the greatest nation in the world, America, on this episode of The Benny Show. We'll be joined by Cash Patel, the true MAGA OG, the man who knows where all the bodies are buried and who put them there. The dude has an incredible piece of breaking news that we wanted to share with you, and we think it is the most profound evidence yet that there was absolutely no insurrection at the Capitol, and that in fact, Democrats are indeed trying to frame Donald Trump to keep him from running and maybe put him in jail. We're gonna ask Cash all about that. My name's Benny Johnson. This is The Benny Show. Happy 4th of July weekend. We thought we'd give you a patriotic booster shot, not those kind of booster shots, a real booster shot, red, white, and blue, patriotism. And on this program, we will be joined by the one and only, the MAGA OG, Cash Patel, who knows where the bodies are buried and knows who put them there, the man, the myth, and the legend. Ladies and gentlemen, he is going to fully discredit and destroy the January 6th committee on this program. You do not want to miss it. And the information that he brings to bear is possibly the most important revelations that I have heard thus far about the absolutely unconstitutional and egregious rotted corpse of the January 6th commission. Do we live in a Stalinist Soviet America? Possibly, and that's why we must continue the fight. If you wish to continue the fight with us, we encourage you to join us over at Parlor. We have an exclusive Parlor episode this week up on our show, The Left Can't Meme, an exclusive series on Parlor where we bring you the memes you couldn't share anywhere else, nor would you want to, because you'd probably get your account nuked, just like Cash Patel is going to truth nuke the January 6th committee here. So please head on over to Parlor and check out this week's episode of the Left Camp Meme, Roe v. Wade edition. You don't want to miss it. We were crying, laughing, making this one. Now, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Cash Patel. Joining me now, Cash Patel, who served as acting United States Secretary of Defense under President Donald Trump, who was the chief investigator into Russiagate and who understands the bile and the organs and the intestines of this congressional January 6th committee better than almost anyone. You've gone toe-to-toe with Adam Schiff. You've gone toe-to-toe with the Clinton machine. And now you are watching everything collapse this week with the new bombshell testimony, Cassidy Hutchinson. I want to start with that cash. What were your takeaways with Cassidy talking about protocols and people and members of the White House who you know personally. What's the major walk away here from this testimony? Well, great to be back on the show. Thanks so much. Got to give a quick, real quick shout out to Jessica, my buddy Rhino's wife, who's pregnant, who watches no show literally in the news, but yours. And, <laughs> and Rhino is a fight with cash ambassador and he's a terrible hockey player. And you can hear about that on Truth Social. But anyway, <laughs> fast forwarding to... Your question. So look, as chief of staff of the Department of Defense, it's the largest company on planet Earth. It's the only no-fail mission on God's green earth. And with 3 million employees, you kind of get in the habit of serving the mission and doing it right and doing it truthfully. And when you interact with individuals like Bobby Engel and Tony Arnato, who are career Secret Service agents that I served with, that I must have done at least 40 trips with President Trump when they were serving as his body men, as his security heads. And by the way, these guys were in the military before that. For them, who are still serving as Secret Service agents, to come out and say Cassidy Hutchinson 
was not in the limo. She was nowhere around the limo. She was a junior staffer. She didn't hear us say anything because she couldn't be in earshot of it. She would never be because of the security composture. And I put my faith in those two individuals. And here's the thing that I sort of seal it on. These guys actually testified before the January 6th committee months ago, Bobby and Tony. Shocking that the committee didn't ask him these questions about this revelatory testimony from Cassidy Hutchinson when they testified. And on top of that, the Secret Service came out when they almost never do in the Biden administration and said what Cassidy Hutchinson said was absolutely false. That should tell you everything you need to know. You don't need to attack Cassidy Hutchinson. She's probably a 26-year-old staff for junior staff who was scared out of her mind and got promised a book deal at you know whatever publishing house and a CNN lobbying job or whatever they pay these people nowadays. And she went out there and lied and the mainstream media carried, for, carried their water for it. I believe she lied. And so that's it. That's the bottom line. Two Secret Service guys, junior White House staffer. Oh, and let's, you know, if we want, we can get into the mutable laws of physics that unless President Trump is Stretch Armstrong with a rocket propelled grenade on his shoulder, he's not getting to the steering wheel of the beast. <laughs> you know the president better than almost anyone. You golf with him. You've been one on one with him. He clearly implicitly trusts you. You came on this show to break news cash, and you can do so right now. Is he MAGA Hulk? Is he orange MAGA Hulk? Because we did hear the story that he ripped through the armored vehicle. He fought off these muscle-bound Secret Service agents in the prime of their lives. These are the deadliest men in America. Trump was able to fight them all off. Mano y mano, take the car, drive it straight into the Capitol. You can let us know. Is he MAGA Hulk? Is he orange He's Hulk? MAGA Hulk. Yep. He's like the orange and green combined when he like rips the t-shirt off Bruce Banner style and just like jacks the presidential limo, presses it over his head and then just chucks it. He doesn't need to reach through the window to get the steering wheel. He just lifts that thing and tosses it um, <laughs> like a corkscrew. So uh, if no one's ever actually seen him in beast mode, I have. It's pretty awesome um, when you can bench press the presidential limo. <laughs> Is he in beast mode? I mean, what what is Trump beast mode like? The man just, it, he's always in beast mode. He just never stops working. It's unbelievable. I'm like, hey, I've literally never said this to anybody. I actually fell asleep in the Oval Office on their super comfy couch when I brought in my team of subject matter experts to brief the president. So I thought I could get like five minutes of shut eye because I was like, I'm not the expert, but these guys are. You wanted to know about X. They are it. And then I went back there and I took like a five minute nap and he's doing, he's like, where's cash? It's <laughs> like, uh, oh yeah, this couch is great. Are you kidding me? Trump caught you sleeping? You, you just work and you sit on a comfy couch and you're like, oh. And then you just, you just like shut off for a second and you're like, wait, what happened? President caught you snoozing, taking a kip on the couch. In the Oval. <laughs> what did you say? I was just like, uh, I'm tired. But I was like, I'm not, I'm not the guy. I was like, I'm not the guy for X. These are the dudes you want to hear from. I, they work for me. I brought them. So just go, like, start talking about that now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to me interview Cash Patel. Cash Patel talking about the old rot inside of our systems and how corrupt the individuals are that are running our country. And it's hard to really think of somebody more corrupt or incompetent than Janet Yellen. How bad is Janet Yellen? Well, her only job is to predict 
inflation and a collapsing economy. And did she do that? Uh, I don't think so. The flashing red lights were flashing directly in her face. And she has finally admitted there have been unanticipated large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly. I didn't at the time fully understand. Your job is to understand. It's embarrassing and it is dangerous. It's dangerous for your savings because, quite frankly, no one's at the wheel. Ladies and gentlemen, that is why I fully encourage you to invest in gold and silver with Birch Gold Groups. They're protecting the savings of my family and they can protect your family savings in this highly turbulent economy. Diversify your 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late to take action now. Text Benny to 989898 to get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. They have an A-plus rating for the Better Business Bureau and countless five-star reviews. Go to Birch Gold. The Johnson family does so. The Benny Show does so. I have physical gold literally in my safety deposit box, and it makes me feel oh so good. Benny to 9898. Text Benny to 9898 to go gold. Guys, Cash Patel is like the decoder ring of the Trump administration. Between Cash and Rick Grinnell, it's two guys that are so sound, that are so solid. They actually know something. There's a lot of people who don't really know. Cassidy Hutchinson, Cash isn't going to talk bad about her, but I know people like Cassidy Hutchinson. I know the secret liberal fetishizing staffers who, (laughs) although they're Republican, they watch CNN and MSNBC and they read the New York Times. They believe these things. And so then they get a chance at the, you know, the, the limelight. They get a chance to go on CNN and they take it and they sell out. Cash Patel is not a sellout. Rick Grinnell is not a sellout. And these guys actually walk the walk and they know things. They know how it operated. They know how the system maintains itself and they know the protocols. And you talked about a protocol recently that had me floored. I sent it to my team and I said, my God, this is it. This is the Dakota ring moment where you can verifiably, demonstrably prove that there was no insurrection. Can you talk to me about process at the DOD for a transfer of power? Yeah, thanks. It's like no one ever wants to talk about that. I actually wrote an op-ed, Wild Chief of Staff at DOD, and it was printed on foxnews.com on the transition. Hopefully you guys blast that thing out. And the president of the United States is the only one that can order a presidential transition through the GSA, the Government Service Agency. In November, President Trump, if I have my timeline, it was either end of November, early December, but I think November-ish. He said, through the GSA, transition the United States government to the Biden presidency. The law and the DOD regulations put me, the chief of staff of the Department of Defense, in charge of the presidential transition. What did we do? We did the transition, not 10%, 50%, 100%, because the orders from the commander in chief were transition. And the DOD's no-fail mission wasn't, oh, transition some of this stuff. And the Biden administration would leak and say, you're blocking access. You're not letting anyone do this. And mind you, in COVID, we put on the largest DOD transition in United States presidential history, the most access ever to documents, to witnesses, to our building during COVID. When, oh, by the way, they were, they, the Biden trans- transition guys, were bringing in people who were subjected to COVID and subjecting my team to COVID. We bore through that because the no fail mission of the DOD cannot fail, whether I wanted Trump in or not. 16 years in government teaches you in national security 
you hand it off. You hand off Afghanistan, so they do it the right way. You hand off China, Russia, Iran, all of our wars. You hand off countering terrorism and everything else that goes with that mission. And we did it so brilliantly. I'm, I'm super proud of it. But here's the thing. Sorry, I, I forget to answer your question. I should have answered it earlier. You cannot, as a former federal prosecutor, national security prosecutor, I know what insurrection is. It's an actual crime against the Constitution that has elements. The commander in chief cannot order a presidential transition and simultaneously order his military to execute a military coup on January 6th to impede a presidential transition. It's literally factually impossible. <laughs> Even if he's MAGA Hulk? Well, maybe when Hulk mode might, you know, like, you know, like win the day, but like. It seems to me that this is the most demonstrable piece of evidence to prove that this entire narrative is false. I mean, you can't imagine living in Washington, D.C. for 15 years. I never worked at the DOD, but I had many friends who did. And the the magnitude of that organization, that organ, is, is it the largest employer in America? In the world. In the world. Forgive me. Yeah. So the president signed documents and gave orders to hand over power militarily to Joe Biden. Well, to hand over the transition, the government, mm -hmm. and part of the DOD's role is when the, when the president speaks through the GSA and says transition, each agency transition, but the DOD's mission is the largest because we have to not only actually transition the mission, we have to transition and we do the security posture. We safeguard the Capitol. We put in the National Guard. We bring in uh, federal law enforcement to assist us because the military, the DOD is responsible for the commander in chief's transition of power. And for him to, all these people who say President Trump was inciting an insurrection, how is that possible when we were instructed to transition? It literally cannot coexist. Either he was performing a coup or I and the, and the, and the Secretary of Defense and everybody else at the DOD were following a lawful command to transition, which we did. General Milley, of course, politicized it, but that's a different story. It seems like this would be the easiest leak, right? So if you were to go attempting to damage the Trump administration, if you were attempting to actually allege that there was a coup, then this would be the place that you would do it, where the president is refusing to cede over control of the military, right? The commander in chief is retaining his command. This is how you see it in third world tin pot dictatorships, right? Where the military, a couple of generals get together with the president and they, you know, take over the country, right? Right. Uh, or they fight against the president, duly elected, whatever. You've seen it a million times. This is how it works in third world. This seems like this seems like the diametric polar opposite of an insurrection, handing over and ordering the transition of your military to the other guy. Not only did we do that, so not to get in the weeds, but there's this thing called the National Command Authority. It's how the mission works. It goes from the president to the secretary of defense. That's it. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, by law, has no operational authority in the Department of Defense ever, per statute. So the president ordered it through his GSA. The Secretary of Defense executed it. And you saw the transition occur. And the Secretary of Defense and I literally sent off President Trump at Andrews Air Force Base as the outgoing president and ensured that the nuclear football and the no-fail mission was transitioned to the Biden presidency. You literally can't plan for these things if you're saying, oh, by the way, incite an insurrection and use the military to keep me in power.
It's not possible. So it's fa- So it's an anti-insurrection. Yes. Yeah. It's the same peaceful transfer of power that we've had for 250 years in this country. There's a difference between saying, the, you know, the president was upset that he lost the election. Obviously, he was. He wanted to stay in power. Yeah. Then saying he caused an insurrection because he was upset that he lost the election. They're two totally different things. So it's mind boggling to me that this isn't a larger part of the narrative. And I'd like to get into the evidence of the January 6th committee, but it really deserves. I mean, you deserve to like put a pin in this, that insurrection is actually by definition impossible. I have the definition of insurrection right before me. It's an armed overthrow of the government. Yeah. And he had the strongest military in human history at his disposal, and he ordered it to be surrendered over just like every other president, to his predecessor. Yeah. And either he ordered that or the Secretary of Defense, three million people at the Department of Defense, myself, all who swore an oath to the, to the Constitution violated that oath because we were like, nah, we don't care about the transition. We want you to stay in power. We're going to incite an insurrection. So which is it? Maybe the well, Jan I mean- 6th Committee will investigate me now for that. I don't know. Listen, dude, it looks like you have drip today, okay? You're looking very good. I love the cash swag. You and I are going to be chilling in Tampa for the 4th of July. I hope I can get one of those shirts. Oh, dude, uh, I got you. What size? It's going to be it does, But it doesn't look like you're working at the DOD right now. That's all I'm saying. Like, it doesn't. this doesn't look like a DOD outfit. It, I may it, be wrong. I staged a lot of my conversations from here when I was working in the DOD. So I think, you know, the interwebs are probably going to get lit up with talks about Q and whatever, but... No, I do not work with the Department of Defense anymore. It was the best job I ever had, but uh, unfortunately, no. So you would have been, I want to go back two or three, uh, two or three comments ago, you would have been signing off or at least knowledgeable of the request for National Guard troops at the Capitol on January 6th. Is that correct? Yeah, the way the law works is, you know, we'll, we'll dive into this on Monday and have some fun with it on the 4th of July because it would seem timely. In the office, the Oval Office, the President of the United States, the President doesn't order the deployment of the National Guard. Per the Supreme Court and Posse Comitatus, the President authorizes a deployment of the National Guard up to X number in Minnesota, in Kansas, in California, in Washington, D.C., wherever. You see it all the time. Super Bowl, large rock concerts. You see uniformed military assisting local law enforcement because it is unconstitutional to deploy the United States military domestically. That's why we have the National Guard. Um, and so a couple of days before Jan 6, President Trump in the Oval with the Secretary of Defense, myself, the chairman, chief of staff to the President of the United States and POTUS, talked about a very sensitive operation, completely unrelated to Jan 6, which is why I won't forget it. And then after that, he says, hey, guys, if you need it, I'm authorizing up to 10 to 20,000 National Guard. Roger that. Commander in chief set the National Command Authority in motion and said, we have our authorization. We can't deploy them yet. Because part two of that equation of the law is there must be now a request. And what the president did was preemptively say, you don't have to come back to me. I have authorized it. If you need up to 20, I think it was up to 10 to 20,000, go. If you need more, you come back. And we went right away to the Capitol Police, who reported to Nancy Pelosi and Mayor Bowser, since it's D.C. and it's you know, not a state. And she, she makes the calls there. She put in writing, I don't want any more National Guardsmen and women here. Keep them out. The letter's public. We put it out there. I put it in the testimony. Of course, the Jan 6 committee didn't care. Capitol Police timeline, which thankfully John Solomon, through brilliant reporting, put out two weeks ago, which we put up on DurhamWatch.com, where we put up all the January 6th documents for free. 
um, so everybody can read them. This timeline shows the Capitol Police received the request. We told them the president authorized it. Do you guys need help? The chief, the sergeant at arms literally said no. So we couldn't deploy the National Guard. And what people forget about is like, it's not like I got 10,000 guys kitted out sitting in the basement of the Pentagon. The National Guard are doctors, lawyers, educators, parents, moms. They're in the communities. Their full-time job is not the military. We go get them. We kit them out. We literally were flying them in on C-17s from all over the country, kitting them out, deploying them, employing them, and giving them their lawful commands, which was assisting law enforcement. We did that in record time. Once on January 6th, they finally made the request. So it does seem as though incompetence played a incompetence or malevolence. What, what is play, there's incompetence. only one, it's one of two. Incompetence or malevolence. Stupid. These people aren't stupid. I, you know, I hope people are always like, oh, the speaker speaker Pelosi's dumb. She's not dumb. She's really smart. So is Chuck Schumer. So are the rest of them up there. They're not stupid human beings. It's dismissive to call them inept. They are calculating. And whether or not it was political or malevolence or whatever, maybe a combination of the two, these are the same crew that had that wild reaction inappropriate to Lafayette Square. And then later on, after January 6th happened, they wanted me to drive tanks down Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah, that's right. Because you had dozens, maybe 60 Secret Service officers injured when the left stormed the White House grounds and then burnt buildings on White House property. We don't talk about that enough. They torched a building that was a historic building on White House property and then attacked to the point of hospitalizing 60 plus Secret Service agents. The president, I believe the story goes, had to be taken to a secure location because they were this close to breaching the White House walls. It's crazy. And now they uh, because that was the day that the president tried to combination when 40 cities were literally being burned down to the ground. Um, by making a gesture at a house of faith or worship, which you would think would be well-received, but clearly it wasn't. Because again, these people aren't stupid. They're calculating, they're political, and they use that narrative to feed one day. And the complete hypocrisy on January 6th was on full display with their actions. So, you know, I leave it for people to decide. I don't think this committee is going to get anywhere uh, for actual answers, but it will continue its Hollywood bonanza. Clearly, clearly, clearly. And I want to get into that. And uh, but because we've talked about the malevolence question as it pertains to January 6th, who is Ray Epps? <laughs> Honestly, I, I've heard the name, but I really don't even know. I, I just know it's worth what I for my time leading the Russiagate investigation, which was a righteous congressional investigation that actually led to showing of corruption with their own documents. And the fact that the FBI could act in such a way. It's, there have been questions raised, and I think sufficient to ask for documentation from the FBI. Did you have undercover informants there? Did you have undercover agents there? And if so, what the heck were they doing there? Yeah. And how did they get there? And what investigation led them to that? What chat room? And then was there entrapment? Like, those are questions the American public should be asking about January 6th, along with the security posture failures from the yeah. federal police on that day. But those questions need to be asked, and um, they won't be until the houses flip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Ted Cruz has asked the undersecretary of the FBI about that. And she says, you know, sources and methods, sources and methods. Can't disclose them. Can't disclose them. For five years, they told me about sources and methods before I could ever name Christopher Steele. That guy's living his best life on some beach, bumming it around with Clinton campaign money. Nobody died. No relations were uh, killed. uh, And England and America are still besties. 
You know, they use that language. Look, as the former head, like deputy director of national intelligence, as a former terrorism prosecutor, intel guy, military civilian, yes, there are sources of methods that need to be protected. But there are also ways to reveal it to the American public where you don't jeopardize the national security mission. We did it over and over again during Russiagate. And when they say that, it's a cheap cover up for their embarrassment and their corruption. We showed it in Russiagate. And I'll bet you dollars to donuts that that's what happened with the January 6th fiasco at the FBI, but we're not going to know again, probably for another year. So, so somebody who is clearly uh, not missing any donuts is Jerry Nadler, and he <laughs> is taking his sweet time with judiciary, as is the, the January 6th committee, taking their sweet time, not looking into the obvious and verifiable crimes around the country. You've mentioned a number of them, but it seems to me that there is a prosecution that could happen when Republicans flip Congress for mishandling of evidence. You're talking about notes that Cassidy Hutchinson is saying are hers with when uh, Eric um, Hirschman. Hirschman, Eric Hirschman is saying they're, I mean, how is that possible? How it's are you not, able, how are you not bringing in the Secret Service? when they say that they have testimony that directly counteract this. I mean, it seems like if this were a court of law and it's not, but if this were a court of law that the lawyers would be disbarred. Well, the, somebody should be looking at these, these, these staffers, but it's not necessarily even on them. It's the rules are just one way. It's there's no cross-examination. There's nobody asking difficult questions, basic questions. Like, where were you? Were you in the room? Did you see it? Did you hear it? And, you know, I'm always against putting career guys like, the Secret Service guys, Bobby and, and Tony on the witness stand, because they got a job to do. They got real stuff to actually do, protect the current president of the United States and a whole host of other stuff that they have to do. They don't need to, to come in when it's so clear that the information provided by Cassidy Hutchinson was so blatantly false. It's been proven. CNN's not going to really admit it out loud, but literally everybody knows. And also, by the way, almost no one's paying attention to these hearings anymore because they've been so politicized and so Hollywoodized that people are actually seeing it for what it is, except for like the 15% that can never stop watching. You were the first American that they called. See, I was in. subpoenaed, the first guy, yeah. <laughs> You're the first guy. Is there, is there something that you told them that they are withholding? I mean, it does seem really pursuant the question of an insurrection that the president decided to sign over the largest military and corporate entity in the world, the largest employer on planet Earth, the most deadly employer on planet Earth, the American military, to Joe Biden. I mean, that, that, that seems to be counter narrative. Did, did you tell them that? Yeah, I mean, without getting into detail, and I got to hop after this, sorry, but, but yeah. without getting into details of what I told them specifically, I've said a lot of things publicly, and I don't think I would say something publicly that I said to them uh, in private. But here's what I've been asking for. Release my transcript. I've been asking for six months. Release the whole thing. All the exhibits I put into evidence, the DOD timeline, the uh, op-ed that I talked to you about, about transition, all this other paperwork at the DOD that shows the proper actions on that day and leading up to that day and the authorizations and all that stuff. And they don't want to do it. I keep asking. I went a couple of weeks ago to read it and I said, where are all my exhibits that I entered into the record? The DOD IG inspector general's report from the Biden administration would validate our actions. The DOD memos. Uh, the emails and all this other stuff. And they were like, oh, whoops, we, uh, we, we lost it. We didn't know, uh, we don't know where it is. And then I was like, well, are you going to find it and put it in there? And then are you going to release my transcript? And again, crickets. So 
I'm waiting for that because I want all the information out there like I always had on every other investigation so the American public can read it themselves. And the second it is, it's all going out on DurhamWatch.com, just like all my other transcripts from my other investigations. But, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to hanging live with like an Ameritastic <laughs> version of the Benny Johnson show in Tampa. I, lit- I hope the audience is, I've never done that, by the way. So it's going to be pretty, it's going to be pretty lit. I might have some special apparel. COVID, COVID destroyed the ability to like, hang or do like larger so podcasts fun. in person yeah yeah so, so we're gonna forward. we got we are we're gonna throw down there's gonna be bourbon there's gonna be sparklers it's gonna be amazing and it's gonna be patriot fest cash patel betty johnson hang out with us on the fourth of july we'll continue this conversation cash thank you so much sending us into this glorious weekend you still live in the greatest country on earth we've had bad moments in our history we've had bad moments in our country don't think this is the worst that it's ever gotten it isn't it isn't america survives because of the american people because you are great because this nation is great because cash patel is great and we <laughs> will be hanging with you on the fourth thank you cash for being on the program thanks so much and go out and buy the plot against the king best-selling children's book sorry selfish plug see you monday plot against the king <laughs> thanks guys. thanks cash see you, see you soon Refreshing to see how even in like moments of darkness and in moments of decline, you have guys like Cash, you have people who have such an optimism in their hearts, such a lift in their souls, and they are continuing the fight. That's what we're doing here every single day of the week on The Benny Show. We want to thank you for watching. Please head into your 4th of July weekend and be blessed. Enjoy the blessings of this incredible nation and the bounty that God has given all of us. Take a deep breath and know that we are winning. We win because we have our priorities right. God, family, country, and we win because we're free men and free women. And we're going to stay that way. My name is Benny Johnson. This is The Benny Show.